Okay, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. Man, it's good to be back with everybody. Hope everything's going well. Andy, give me the heads up that all looks is, is good on my end. Appreciate you being here. All good, good, amazing. Just share with you a little bit about my week as a way to get started here. It's amazing how this works. At least I don't know about you. I hope I hope you feel this way. Um, so many times since we started the boost, what we spoke about during the day was what I needed the day during that day. Last week, I got indication that I can get to Israel for three days. I'd applied for a certain uh, visa to get in for a whole bunch of reasons. And it was literally until my flight was scheduled for Saturday night. It was literally three hours beforehand where everything sort of cleared out. You can imagine every single day, the ups and the downs, going, not going, going, not going, going, not going. And that whole concept of staying focused and not and not thinking about all the problems that we spoke about, this idea of immersion is all, it was every day last week. Saturday night, I get the call to go. And then I flew to Israel Saturday night. And that's why I tried very hard to make sure that the boost was rolling and then technical difficulties and Wi-Fi and every day was a thing. And a lot of times when I, and I was there and I just I flew back last night, even, even on the airport on the way home, I couldn't get through the security and they sent me to the passport office and the borders office, forget about it. But thank God. Thank God it was, um, I got through and it was three of the most incredible days I've had. And every day is the most incredible day in the world. Every day. <laughs> every day is the most incredible day in the world. But being in Israel for three days um, was really powerful. If you've never been there, you got to go. And if you've been there before, you got to go back. There's, there's very few feelings like touching the wall after getting, yeah, that is the boost, touching the wall after not being able to get there for a year and a half and getting the call basically a couple of days earlier that you have three days, jumping on an airplane, flying, getting there, three days running around the country doing whatever I was there to do, um, walking the streets, feeling the cobblestones on your feet, having the best shawarma of my life. I'm telling you, the shawarma got better. Just letting you know. I don't know what they did to that meat, man. Just waking up to the Jerusalem sky. Nothing like it. And this whole time was a balance of these two traits that we've been dealing with. It was a balance of immersion. Every day was something. That's right. Every, every day was another complication to the point in which even when I was there, someone whispered that I hope they let you out. <laughs> Or God forbid they don't stamp your passport with something. Like every day was another distraction. And because of the boost, I kept on telling myself, like, we, we, we're talking about this. Victory. 
eternality. It's about being here. And throughout the day, some of the complications that I thought about in the morning went away and new ones popped in. One of them, which happened to be right before one of our boosts, was we were staying in an apartment and some of the, the nicer apartments there, it's all tiles everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? If you can picture it for those who are in Israel, tiles everywhere. And literally right before one of our boosts, literally right before I sat down to do the boost, if you can imagine, I bent down and my phone fell out of my pocket and shattered on the floor. So I'm in this country with everything on my phone, including ways and shattered complications that I wasn't anticipating 10 minutes beforehand. How am I going to get around? How am I going to get out? What do I do? And even that resolved itself. Immersion. Being fully present to where you are because the truth is, even the things you think are coming down the pike that day, days, days are long and things happen. And during that day, someone said, hey, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. And believe, believe before you know it, during one of my meetings, they called somebody, a, a, a messenger guy shows up. I hand him my phone. He leaves. Four hours later, a messenger guy shows up and hands my phone back brand new. It cost me a lot of money, but it was worth it. I never would have thought that was poss- possible in the morning. There's so many things that happen to us that we don't know how it's going to get solved. And when we get closer to it, we can see it differently. But when it's we're standing far, far away, it just seems like, I don't know how this is all going to work out. And when we allow ourselves to get lost in that nervousness and that anxiety and that worry, it overwhelms us. And it impacts the feeling of, I have a day. This is my day. This is going to be the best day of my life. And that was the work that we were doing together of victory, of eternality. Of, of In Hebrew, we use, we use the word netzach. That's the only way. I'm all in. I'm all here. I'm not going to overthink. When I get to it, I'll make a decision. When I get closer to it, I'll have information that I wouldn't have beforehand. And what that leads us to is this feeling of, I have to find something that can balance between healthy ambition and healthy immersion. Immersion is I'm happy right now, but if I'm over, if, if I... If I spend too much time and I'm happy right now, man, I can live in a like a don't worry, be happy mentality, but I'm not going to push for more. I'm not going to be hungry for greatness. And that, which we spoke yesterday, is this new world called Hode, which is the world of appreciation. It's a trait in which we are grateful. And when we fill ourselves up with gratitude, we fill up a tank that has the positive energy to go up against negative potential negative circumstances and not lose the access to our soul. You see how that all connects? The best way to achieve greatness is by accessing your soul, which is eternality, which is immersion. However, when it's filled with negative thoughts, you block it. 
but there are things that happen. Your phone falls on the floor. You, have, you may have border issues. You may have a lot of issues in your day. So you can't just be Pollyannish about it. You can't be like, everything is fine. Don't worry. It'll all good. There, there is a concept that if you believe strongly in God and yeah, you get special stuff, but it's, it's a whole nother conversation. But just in our practical lives, we have to be prepared for circumstances to be challenging. So our soul is what we got to get to, because once we tap in there, we're going to find strength we never had before. If we just live in our brains, we're not going to get the extent of our capacity. But if we go into the day, if we go into our lives, and we are not overwhelming ourselves with the positivity of appreciation and gratefulness, what happens then is that when we go up against challenge, the negativity or the worry or the anxiety of not achieving the challenge overwhelms us to a place in which it blocks our true power. I hope that was clear. So how we deal with the challenges in front of us will depend on how big our reservoir is of positivity. Now, if positivity is based on circumstance, we're stuck because my circumstances may not be what I want. If every time I'm happy, it's only because I get stuff. Now I've conditioned myself to only be happy when you get stuff. So that's good when you're getting things, but it's not good when you're dealing with a challenge. Right? If I'm in an apartment in Israel and I'm resting my happiness on the fact that everything worked out. And then my phone hits the, for the floor and shatters everywhere. Now I'm stuck because I'm used to only being positive when things work out. So I need a metric. I need, I need a mechanism to increase positivity into my brain, even when things don't fully work out. And that's called hold. Hold is acknowledgement. It's appreciation. It's gratefulness. It is the ability to fill my brain with positivity every single piece of the way. If I'm filled with, an, with positivity from gratitude, when the next thing doesn't work out or when the thing in my head is worrying me, it goes up and is in context with all the things that I'm appreciative for. And all the things that I, 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 I'm happy about. And when I'm down, I know because I've conditioned the muscle in my mind. I know how to pick myself up. I don't have to wait for it to work out, which is what causes my anxiety. You see that? When I need it to work out, it only increases the anxiety because now I need it to work out. Right? If I'm standing on line and I'm full, I don't need to make sure that person has enough food for me because I'm full. So I don't have as much anxiety as to whether or not there'll be enough food when I get to the counter. But if I'm sitting online and I'm starving, the anxiety for being on the line between where I am and the counter is much higher because my needs are higher for the food the guy has. If I live my life and for me to find happiness, it has to work out. 
then when I'm in the middle of the processes and hasn't worked out yet, I have a higher level of anxiety because I need it to work out. I need for my kids to be like this. I need for people to pat me on the back. I need this organization to achieve this thing. I need, I, if I need it, I will be anxious to get it. But if I found a way to tap into gratitude, so I don't need it, I want it. I can have high levels of want, but I appreciate that there's more than me in this world and it may not happen for matters out of my hands. And since I don't need it, I want it. My anxiety level goes down because I don't need it to work out. If I can't go to the well of gratitude whenever I'm feeling down, I don't have a mechanism. I don't have a resource to tap into to not only give me the feelings of that will open up my soul to tap into my power, but to protect against a level of worry and anxiety and negativity that will really only prevent me from achieving my goal. We make a mistake in thinking that athletes need to win. The great athletes don't need to win. They want to win. And it's very different. And you can tell because when they lose, usually great athletes aren't destroyed. There was an athlete who is, they thought was one of the greats and he's proving to be fairly mediocre named Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a, quarterback for now the New England Patriots after he lost in the Super Bowl he was like he was a wreck beyond what a professional quarterback should look like he unraveled he was shocked he unraveled if you watch the press conference of Cam Newton after he's lost in the Super Bowl to the to the Denver Broncos I don't know like seven years ago it was it was embarrassing Professionals lose games. Watch a professional that loses a game. Watch Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, Tom Brady, the Mannings. Watch professionals lose. And you'll see that if you look in their eyes, they didn't need to win. They wanted to win. Big difference. When we need things from this world, we're setting ourselves up. We need to want. And when you want things, that's fine. But when you need things, when you need too much, we end up setting ourselves up for failure. We need to connect to our soul. We need to be us. We may need basics of life and relationships. That's okay. But when we need the latest thing, that just got marketed, when we need the home that's larger than we have, when we need our friends to always think of us first, when we need our kids to always tell us how awesome we are as parents, when we need God to answer our prayers as soon as we say them, when we need everything to work out, then we walk around all day going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my God. Well, coffee is, Robert just mentioned coffee. That's a different story. That is in the category of need. That's basics of survival. And it's a human right. That's right. Coffee is on the appropriate, you know, need list, at least in my mind. 
the way we balance ambition without losing ourselves and tapping into our souls is when we combine it with appreciation. Usually they're not written together. And not only that, usually they're seen as opposites. Usually they're seen as like the more appreciation I have, then I'm going to, <laughs> the more appreciation I have, um, the less I'm going to be hungry. This is like I said earlier this week, I'm sorry to circle back, but my brain is like sort of settling back. This is one of the great Rav Noah Weinberg concepts. Happy people, appreci- I'll say happy, appreciative people. He said happy, but he, in his, if you, if, you, if you studied his approach, you'd see that what he really means is grateful. He's just connecting gratitude to happiness. But in this case, we're going to use the core. Grateful, appreciative people are not less ambitious. They're just properly ambitious. Because ambition and growth can really destroy people too. I know people like this. I know people whose ambition destroys everybody else. Who in their ambition, A, are never happy, and B, have destroyed people. I also know people that are who are differently ambitious, but still very much ambitious. But their ambition is based on wanting more because they're so happy with what they have. So if you're happy with it, why wouldn't you want more of it? If you're grateful and happy about the chocolate in front of you, you wouldn't reach for another piece? It's not coming from you need it. It's coming because you appreciate it and you want it. And if there's no more chocolate, you're not losing yourself. You're happy with what you had. And if somebody else walks in, the fact that you had the chocolate that you love and you were appreciative of it, it makes you more inclined to share with others. That's the aspect of leadership. That's what it means to be a bigger person. And for us to build this quality, we have to make time. We have to stop our day, which is a day of doing and doing and doing and doing, into into enable and to push ourselves to focus on being grateful. And I remember when I was there, and just to give you this and I'll end with this, because I want to try to tighten up to get to the 20. I don't want to, I know the past week I've been going over my 20 minute mark. We're going to try to keep the shows from 18 to 20. Throughout my week, stuff popped up that would create a little bit of a challenge in three hours from now. And I was sitting with a person, I was involved in something, and I was so happy to be in Israel. I knew that in three hours, it'd be a challenge for whatever reason. I said to myself, "Uh -uh uh-uh, you'll deal with it in three hours. Be grateful for where you are right now. It was hard, super hard, super hard. but it changed the game. It changed the game. By being able to draw on a little bit of gratitude, the whole day felt different. And dealing with the whole challenges felt different. This is what we're up against. A world that tells us that we're not happy unless we get something. It ain't true. It's just good good for consumerism. 
job now, especially now, is to start to flex the muscle of gratitude, to picture our minds like a pool and to make sure that we begin by filling it up every day with enough gratitude that when we go out to our day, regardless of what happens, it pales in comparison to the stuff that we already have. And just coming at it with that perspective and strength changes how we deal with everything. All right, we'll continue this. Thanks so much for sticking with us. Uh, appreciate being back with you. With God's help, can't wait to see you again tomorrow.